Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you uh, here on Oilers Now along with Derek Scott. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. We're going to tell you that guests in Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue, Roos Chris in Edmonton, the 99th Roos Chris that was open on 9990 Jasper Ave. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, if you're at Edmonton? Uh, open Tuesday through Sunday. I know I swung by there on uh, Sunday. Monday. It was my night to cook. It was great seeing everybody there at Roos Chris. Without further ado, we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show Daily Faceoffs Frank Sarabali for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live standard bid racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? Happy New Year, Bob. It's, uh, you know, just listening, uh, I, you're my spirit animal. It's your day to cook on Sunday, and you, you instead go to Ruth Chris. I love it. Yeah, well, uh, t- it's called takeout. And uh, <laughs> so. It's the best kind of cooking you can do, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 I do no cooking in my house. See, there you go. That is why we were meant to be, Frank, because I am from. Mm-hmm. You, can I tell you the God honest truth? I can't cook. Mm-hmm. I, neither I, can I. And you want to know the more truth? Neither can my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be the first to tell you. I'm not flagging her. Like, we, we're, we are – this is probably why I'm uh, – needing a new year's resolution to uh to drop some lbs because we don't cook and we end up just ordering out yeah uh i joked yesterday with the media cohorts with jay woodcroft somebody asked jay uh, if there was any new year's resolutions and jay uh, was kind of stumped for a second and then I, I spoke up and said well mine are to drink more eat more and to work out less and i've been uh, working on that for the last 23 years so so there, pretty good have have a little bit of fun with it all right mm-hmm. uh, frank i am I am looking at things right now in the National Hockey League, and uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently today. I know a lot of time because it'll eventually lend itself to who's out there, what's going on trade-wise. And but I'm looking at uh, the Western Conference, and for me, there's nine teams for eight playoff spots. So I think it's fair to say that uh, we can concede that Chicago and Arizona probably won't make the playoffs. Is that a given? Uh, yes, I would say Chicago on pace for 45 points is probably a pretty safe bet. I, I didn't want to go out on the limb there. So Chicago mm-hmm. and Arizona. Arizona's probably playing better than Bill Armstrong wants them to. Uh, San Jose, mm-hmm. San, they need a few quality losses down the stretch. Yes, San Jose and Anaheim uh, are two more teams. So that's four. 
And then there's three teams that have poor goal differentials. Vancouver, and I know Vancouver came in here and beat the Oilers. They're a much better team on the road than they are at home. Uh, Vancouver is an interesting, I, I, maybe they can get back in the race, but I think they're on the outside of looking in. I, I, you know, I, you never want to write a team off, but right now it's not looking great for Vancouver based on win percentage and goal differential. And then Nashville and St. Louis. So what's your layout? Like, we know there's some pretty, de- like Montreal has declared in the month of December that <laughs> they're out of it because they're playing awful. But, um, you know, do you agree that those seven teams right now look like they're on the outside? looking in and might not actually be chasing down a playoff spot when it's all said and done? Or should we never write off the St. Louis Blues? Um, Well, just judging by January from a few years ago is actually right around this time in 2019 when they were in dead last place in the NHL and ended up coming back and winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, But in this case, I would write them off. I think they're in a bit of a different circumstance their goal differential is poor as you mentioned their goaltending has been poor uh, and now they've got two significant injuries with Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko both out for a while Tarasenko four weeks O'Reilly six and you know Doug Armstrong their GM was out there yesterday talking about the idea of a tremendous opportunity that this is for some other players to step up I just, even when they've been healthy, I haven't seen the consistency required from this team this year to be a playoff team. So I I wouldn't be counting on them. But I think St. Louis has some interesting deadline pieces. There's no question about that. But where it really gets interesting and intriguing to me is the Nashville Predators. And I've got my new trade targets board that's posted on dailyfaceoff.com here in a couple hours. And one new name that's going to be joining the top 10 is Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. They've got some uncomfortable decisions to make and questions to ask themselves as they get closer to the deadline here because they've got a back end that's pretty expensive. Ekholm is six and a quarter. You've got McDonough at six, seven, five. So those two guys average out to six and a half plus Yossi north of nine million. That's a lot to be spending on a back end for a team that may need to rebuild and or retool. So my understanding is that a couple of the Nashville defensemen are available, including Matthias Ekholm. I'd be curious to see whether or not David Poyle pulls the trigger on beginning to see what this team looks like for the next few years prior to March 3rd. Is that something that lingers on into the summer when Nashville hosts the draft? But they're in an uncomfortable spot because they're not a young team. They don't, they're not burgeoning with prospects. They're not, even if they get in the playoffs, not really considered a contender. And they, they have a lot of term and contracts on their books that are going to be hard to move. Frank, uh, right now we're getting the occasional text or stopper. You shouldn't be so sure that they're, you know, I, I'm telling you right now, there's nine teams in this thing. And I'm, I'm not wavering. I said Edmonton was going to win 47 to 52 games at the start of the year. I realize the Oilers have 20 wins in 38 games. I'm going to stand by that. The Oilers are going to win 47 to 52 games. The last three... And I, I asked you why last week when I joined you, and I said, what makes you so confident? You said, because of the runway they have left in the Pacific Division, and I thought that was interesting. And I would say, if you were to ask me and put a gun to my head right now and said, which team of those nine will be on the outside 
A few weeks ago, I would not have answered this way, but now I would say the Seattle Kraken. And the reason for that is, they, first off, their goaltending is not close to playoff caliber. And second, you know, at some point, I feel like that team is going to hit a wall. They haven't yet. They've been stumbling a little bit of late. And I, I think they're right for the picking. Yeah, well, and so here, the orders, I look at, the Oilers have got 20 wins in 38 games. They would need 30 in their final 44 uh, to get to 50 wins. But And again, I said 47 to 52 wins. Look at the last three seasons for Edmonton. Now, the last two years, part of it was with Michael, with Mike Smith going supersonic, gin and tonic. He played great in the 2021, the back half of that season in the in the Canadian division. And then last year, he was terrific as well. I just think, you know, the Oilers, are, they're going to get healthier. They've gone through a little, little bit of a, a tough go here. And I just expect Edmonton to climb the standings. As a, I'd be disappointed if they didn't based on what – they're just simply a deeper team now than they were a couple of years ago. Uh, Colorado. Well, here's the thing. they should. You mentioned they should get healthy. They should get Kane back, which should be a huge boost. But they should also, at some point, add. and we talked about add. this last week too, yes, add and specifically, I was thinking earlier this season that it would be up front, but I'm way more convinced of late that their focus is squarely on the blue line and finding a defender that fits their scheme yeah, and, and their style. And we're getting Vancouver Canucks. How can you write the Canucks off? I'll tell you how I can write the Canucks off. They got a they got a 486 points percentage. They're minus 14 yeah. goal differential. And they're seven, nine, and one at home. And I realize the Oilers are nine, ten, and one at home, but Edmonton's outshot a bunch of their teams that they've lost to of late at home quite substantially. You know, like I just you need to look no further with the Vancouver Canucks, Bob, than every opportunity that they get. Once they get to 500, they absolutely bleep the bet after that. They yep. can't do it. They can, they cannot get over the hump, and they cannot put together any sort of string of success. Um, they're on pace for 80 points. To have a turnaround to see them get to 96, they have some nice pieces. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I, I think really there's nine teams for eight spots. That, that's the way I see it. By the way, St. Louis, so St. Louis has got a 500 points percentage, minus 21. Nashville, a 514 uh, points percentage, minus 13 in goal differential. And again, Vancouver, 486, minus 14 in goal differential. Those are some ugly. And the rest, the, the other teams are, you know, worse than that. Minus 26 for Arizona, minus 26 for San Jose, minus 7. I for Anaheim and minus 58 for Chicago and goal differential, Frank. I want to know, speaking of a team that's minus in goal differential, what do you think of the LA Kings? Because I picked them before the season started to win the division, and you told me I was nuts. Yeah, well, I They've hung tough. They, they. I did tell you they were nuts. I expected Edmonton uh, and Calgary there, and I, I actually thought I didn't think Vegas would be as good as Vegas's road record is unbelievable. They're fifteen three and two on the road. So, uh, I don't know how much interested I'd have in Matthias Ekholm. Certainly not at six point two five million. Let me ask you this. Does Connor Bedard's performance at the World... By the way, can we do away with... Because uh, there are a couple draft gurus, not with the uh, daily face-off, but one of them with the Athletic that was actually suggesting, and I believe this is this is what happens when you sit there and pipe into the American guys because Adam Fantilli was playing for Michigan. 
a month ago, I was hearing, oh, Fantilli is closing in on Connor Bedard. Well, Craig Button, who I have an immense amount of respect, said this was never close between, uh, with all due respect to Fantilli, and it, at the World Juniors, Fantilli has gone from the second line to the third or fourth line for Team Canada, and Connor Bedard has put a once-in-a-lifetime performance. Has it all? I, was it Mark Messier? I forget who joked and said, uh, I could, or Rick Tockett said it. He goes after Bedard's performance at the World Juniors. He could see six more teams ready to bail on the season here to try to pick him up. I mean, it's it's. Does it accelerate the situation for? Uh, you know, Bill Armstrong in Arizona. Does he need to get Jacob Chikrin off his team so he can start losing and get a better shot at getting Chick- uh, getting Bedard? I mean, here's the thing is you, you can maneuver all you want. It still comes down to the ping pong balls. And the Coyotes would need to do a lot of surgery in order to get down to the level that the Blackhawks have played at <laughs> to this point. I mean, that's how bad the Blackhawks have been. Um Arizona is like it's been a somewhat respectable season for them. They're really kind of neck and neck with Vancouver. They play hard. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Andre Tournier and, and the job that he's done there. Um, I think he's someone that players really enjoy playing for. And you, you know, you'd have to dismantle their back end essentially. Uh, Chikrin, for one, I'd be really curious to see what the price ends up being paid for Shane Gostisbehere. Remember, the Flyers a few years back had to pay a second-round pick in order to get off of Gostisbehere's yep. contract, and now he's in a spot where not only did they get one to get him, they're probably going to get something pretty decent in return for a guy that's on pace for a 61-point season and has rejuvenated his career. For a team looking for an offensive defenseman that can move the puck, it's not what the Oilers are looking for, but someone out there will. He's going to be a pretty quality addition for not really much compared to what the price is going to be paid for Chikrin. What do you think the price would be uh, for Jake McCabe from Chicago? It's hard to say um, because there is some term on the deal. And I think really what has made people nervous about Jake McCabe is his injury history. Yes. It's not just the neck injury. It's it's what else has gone with his career that he's really struggled to stay healthy. So um, he's been good this year. I think what's excited teams is his ability to withstand the forecheck. Um, he makes good passes. He defends pretty well. Um, his cap hit isn't over the moon unreasonable. Um, and so I think teams have viewed him as sort of a check down option. Um, but I think one thing to keep in mind is the no trade clause that he has. Um, it's seven teams. I don't know who the seven teams are, but the fact that it's numbered at seven, um, does that mean it's all seven Canadian teams? I, I don't know. It always makes that. you wonder with an American. That's well, it's just an odd number to pick, right? Like why seven? So um, perhaps that is the case. And I'd be curious to see what's on it, but I'd be curious to see for a guy that uh, has spent a long time losing in his career, no playoff appearances started the first seven, eight years of his career in Buffalo does he change his tune on that depending on which teams may be interested? I know McCabe was linked to uh, the Oilers over the weekend by Elliot Friedman. Um, I would think that McCabe is one of a number of defensemen on the list for Edmonton. 
could there be a smaller play for a guy like Jacob Menya from San Jose? Is his uh, name get any traction? You know, I reported on Ryan Merkley this morning uh, requesting a trade from San Jose, and I don't sense anything's imminent on that front. I saw people a buzz on social media saying he wasn't at the San Jose Barracuda practice today. Uh, my understanding is he has a doctor's appointment, and that's why he's not there. But um, I was told to watch out for a couple players on the San Jose Sharks, and Jacob Magna's name did pop up. Um, I think, you know, for someone that's a little bit older at the age of 30, has one more year on his deal at a really comfortable 762000 um, a former seventh-round pick that's sort of come in and played somewhat sizable minutes for the Sharks, that it feels like one of those situations where not comparing him to to Middleton and the job that he did last year for San Jose and the impact he's had on Minnesota, that perhaps San Jose is looking for a similar type, um, you know, sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, a pump and dump in terms of pumping up this guy's value with ice time and getting a lot in return for him. Jacob Vrana. Uh, this guy has got 22 goals in 39 games as a Detroit Red Wing. He was placed on waivers today. He is a $5.25 million cap hit, a former 13th overall pick, 2014 draft. And that was a dry settle draft. You're a two-time 24-plus goal scorer with the Washington Capitals. He was the big piece that uh, came over in the Anthony Mantha trade. What's going on there? Well, this one has raised a lot of eyebrows, Bob, today um, because Jacob Vrana just recently left the NHL, NHLPA, player assistance program back on December 16th. Yep. So we're just shy of two weeks ago from that. And I think a lot of people around the league have sort of been whispering quietly today that this seemed to be a pretty callous move by the wings for someone that um, by all accounts and not breaking any news or, or shredding any sort of confidentiality, like this was a substance abuse issue that, uh, Jacob Vrana was reportedly dealing with. So um, it, it's interesting, the contract with one more year remaining. Um, it's expensive, but I wonder if there's a team out there that might be willing to take a flyer on Vrana on waivers to, to sort of see if they can rehabilitate his game and turn him into a tradable asset. Like if you're a team, I don't know, like in Arizona or another team out there that has sufficient cap space, like, not a comparable situation, but look at what the Coyotes have been able to do with someone like Yusuf Alamaki that they grabbed off of waivers from Calgary. Like he's slotted into their team pretty nicely, may have a piece in Valamaki that they can re-sign and keep as part of their core, a once highly touted prospect. Um, and, you know, maybe the same happens with Verana, but um, that trade, just going back and looking at it, you mentioned the Mantha deal. It was a first, a second, and Verana for Mantha. And the crazy part about going through all of that now is what would you get for Mantha if you just did it straight up? Uh, certainly wouldn't be getting anywhere close to that. No, he's always left more, too. I just... Um... His compete level has always been the question for Mantha. Yeah, well, but it, it it's interesting. 
I mean, it's an interesting thing with uh, with with Verana too. I mean, just what is the right call there? I mean, like what what do you owe a player after he's gone through something like that and and come out to the other side? I'd love to find out more details. Who do you got on uh, your top uh, ten trade board right now? Uh, right now, uh, let me just pull it up here. So when uh, it, it's pretty clear, you know, at the top, no surprise, Bo Horvat. Yep. I've got Horvat, Kane, Jacob Chikrin, three, Timo Meyer, four in San Jose, the way more likely Shark to go than Eric Carlson. Uh, Caves at five, John Klingberg, six. As I mentioned, Matthias Ekholm at seven. Um, Anthony Duclair has an asterisk next to him at eight. Uh, because it may not be him that's the guy traded from Florida. They have to make a move at some point if Duclair and Hornquist are healthy. That could happen in the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye on that. Vladislav Gavrikov from Columbus, their stout defender at 9, and Eric Carlson at number 10. There you go. That is Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff, courtesy of our friends from Horse Racing Alberta. Frank, thank you for your time. Bob, happy New Year. Talk to you next week. You bet. Uh, Frank joins us every Tuesday here on Oilers Now, again for the horses, presenting live standard bid racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile. For more information, visit thehorses.com. It's 1254 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 12.55 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer joining you. Do want to mention at this time, we're heading back to sunny California this April with New West Travel. You fly to L.A. and uh, go see L.A. and Anaheim to watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel hockey package includes airfare four nights at the Marriott L.A., lower bowl tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. For the California hockey package, reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. All right. It's time. We are going to play Oilers Game Day Trivia. It is brought to you by St. Albert's Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. Up for grabs, a $50 GC in Oilers Game Day Trivia for St. Albert's Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. So we're playing for a $50 GC. Ah, we'll tie it a bit into Seattle. Here we go. Name the former Edmonton Oiler. Had almost a point per game playing in Edmonton. Who played over 900 games in the NHL. Former Oiler. Again, there's a tie into Seattle here. Played over 900 games in the NHL. Who starred in one brilliant season with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the late 1980s, early 90s. The former Oiler, and he wasn't here long, but he was good here when he was here, who starred for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League. Former Edmonton Oiler. At 780-496-0063, you text in the right answer, and away you go. It's kind of a trick question. 
Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Bartender Al has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, I sure wish Ken Holland could figure out a way to land Matthias Ekholm. In my mind, he's exactly what the Oilers' blue line needs to take this team to the next level. Your thoughts from Bartender Al. It's a $6.25 million cap hit. That is a lot of money. Uh, the Again, you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Now they're coming in fast and furious. Uh, the Fizzler, keeping us honest here, says eight years of McDavid and the Oilers are still struggling to make the playoffs. Bob, at what point do you admit that the Oilers have almost wasted a decade of a generational talent? Well, uh, I the last three years they've been in the playoffs and they're going to be in the playoffs again this year. 780-496-0063. Name the former Edmonton Oiler. He was here for a short time, not a long time, and it was a pretty good time, who uh, starred for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the late 80s, early 90s. We do have a correct answer. I will tell you about that when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. <laughs> 